0: Hi and welcome back to All Things Data. We took a little break last week and we're back again <laughs> to talk about AI, NLP and other things data. That's what we do. Today we're going to try to talk to you guys about the myth that AI is here to kill you and it's all going to result in this big singularity where AI gets so smart and takes over the world. I'm not going to say that it's impossible. It's a possibility but we are nowhere near that at all yet. So. We kind of want to reassure everybody, especially everybody that we work with, our clients and general non-technical and business folks that um, AI isn't the terminator if you're old enough to understand who the terminator is. It's also not here to take over the world just yet. It's taking over a few tasks, it's taking over a lot of computation and most executives I think north of 85, it might even be 86% of executives actually see it as mainstream, which. I mean, when the majority of somebody is seeing everything as mainstream, that has probably been mainstream for a while because there's a lot of laggards on those kind of conversations and opinions. Yeah, so really without further ado, let's get into trying to help you guys understand what AI is all about, how to properly frame it in your mind, and what the paradigm really is. Great topic today, Victor. I know that I've been part of many conversations where the theme was about the impending end of the world due to AI. Let's dispel this together. Can you tell me some solid use cases for AI in a business setting? Oh, yeah, for sure. makes a lot of sense to be talking about a business setting because that's largely what we do is do business, right? Some of the earliest uses that companies and really companies and organizations started seeing with AI was really around intrusion detection, bot detection, spam detection, so things that the company may not have been really aware that they even had AI in their organization, Uh, completely aware anyways. But the appliances that sit in front of your networks, that sit in front of your email, that do a lot of the the work to ensure that you know things get routed to the right places a lot of those have had a version of machine learning or ai in them for a long time you know you you want to understand the general use patterns of your websites of your applications of your mail and everything and you want to keep things you know within a tidy box around those metrics or around the the usual use cases there so that it allows the good stuff to come through and the bad stuff to not. So that's why most people, even though you may hear it on the news of stuff like, oh, all these bots from wherever, it doesn't matter. Let's say I'm going to pick on like Madagascar. Madagascar is now the bot country. So all these Madagascar bots are always after us trying to infect our brains with whatever, trying to change us with social media. Yeah, that's been around a long time, but you don't see that most of the time, especially on corporate networks, and especially if you use large mail providers like Google or Hotmail or something like that, largely because there is AI sort of like blocking those out and making sure that it's a gatekeeper to those. Another really common use has been chatbots, conversational AI, IVR. So sort of like that first interaction with a company where you're kind of, getting some information about them or talking a little bit about your problem with them. So it helps in sales and it helps in customer retention and in customer service. So those have been around for a while. Uh, It started off really with a very deterministic way of getting at an answer. So like, let me guide you down the path specifically. You have to press two, you have to press six, you have to press 12, and then you get somewhere. And now it's gotten to a place where you can actually use natural language with it. And that's part of what we do at 1000 ml and using Apogee Suite is use a lot of natural language to interact with AI systems. Also, as many of you probably realize, but don't always intuitively notice, recommender systems, so recommendation engines. You see them on basically any streaming platform, any music platform, And really like a myriad of places that you do shopping and things like that. It's like people like you, because we kind of know who you are a little bit. People like you like this thing or choose this path or do that thing. And it influences our actions. So AI is a little influential on us in that sense. Because it's trying to get us to go down the path that most people like us have gone. Even though you might want to discover other paths or whatever. You are often kind of sent down the recommended path. And then really at a business entity organization, like AI on the transactional, or let's say the back-end system level, we'll do a lot of predictions, inference, and prescription around things and outcomes that are desirable to that business. So how do I know whether or not someone is going to drop their basket if I'm a shopping site? How do I know that somebody might default on a loan if I'm in a large bank? How do I understand that this sort of person may lead to more insurance fraud down the line. So you're predicting and prescribing and inferring knowledge from there. That kind of gives like a broad swath without really going to like very deep specifics. So I think that should sort of open people's minds as to what AI can do in the organization. Right. I can see that is actually quite broad in its possibilities. Um, much like other non-technical staff, I've been told at times that I should mistrust AI. <laughs> How do we get over that? Yeah, okay. So, I've heard that many times. I've heard that at conferences, speaking events, and just generally speaking to people. I think there's this notion, or there has been a notion, that a lot of AI is like a very black box. It's Mm -hmm. super contained and you're unaware of what's going on. Much like I'm a bit of a magic geek, I will watch magic on TV and stuff. I love it I think it's awesome. But like, you kind of don't want things to just happen magically when you're talking about, I need to make a decision on millions of dollars or on someone's life or whatever. So it's hard to trust something when it's just arriving at a decision. I mean, it's akin to you being a toddler and your parents say, you need to do this specific thing. It's good for you. And you're like, yeah, well, whatever. Like, I kind of want to just go play with crayons on the fridge. That's what I want to do today. So yeah, the whole removal of the black box paradigm and helping people understand that it's not just magic helps a lot. And you do that by really kind of getting into a bit of the weeds and understanding that AI is sort of a conglomeration of all these signals from the past, which is not really unlike our brains as well we amass a lot of data through experience and we formulate opinions and paradigms ourselves so like I wake up every morning and I have a glass of water it's just one of those things and like no one's told me to do this it just started happening one day and now it's sort of like built in and I just do it without even it's it's like a reflex at this point it's not black magic it's not black box or anything it's just you know you you do it because you're you've pre-programmed yourself and AI does that, and if, if allowed, it can adjust the way it's reacting to things. I was going to say think, but it doesn't really think. Another good way to get more trustworthy with AI, or for you to trust it better, is really to have interactions with AI. I mean, you probably already have a bunch. If you've ever said, hey Alexa, or okay Google, or what's up Siri, you've interacted with AI. If you've gone on to Netflix or Disney Plus or HBO and gotten recommendations or YouTube, you've interacted with AI. There's just quite a bit of AI out there that you're interacting with on a daily basis and you don't quite realize. Now, another level of interaction is the be in control a little more. Not only do I want to interact with AI, I want to help train it. So I want to show it new paradigms that I think it should know. I want to lead it down the path so that it gets smarter for me and it does the thing that I want better. And again, an easy example for everybody is the recommendation system. It has something that's called a cold start problem where you've just signed up for a Disney Plus account. It doesn't know you. It really has no information about you yet. So it kind of just goes to a broad recommendation. like. The majority of people like what it does know about you is your location so the majority of people in this location will watch these sort of shows you know like basically we live in Canada we're in Toronto so a lot of people in Toronto may like a type of show so maybe it's showing us that and then as we start watching and liking and you know making our way through their network you end up in a place where you've now given it a lot of signals and those signals match some of their other viewership and they can do some something with so that's you basically showing the AI things without realizing that you're doing it. There are systems like the ones that we build at 1000ml that allow you to also correct the AI at times when you're shown something and it's not exactly what you would expect or it's not the right answer and you can show it back the right answer and then the AI go, oh, I get this. I'm going to go back to sleep and tomorrow morning I'm going to learn some things and I'm going to know it. So, I mean, it doesn't really go to sleep, but it figures things out a bit later on on a certain cadence. And then really the real big way for most people to be in a good relationship with AI is to use it as suggestions. So like, don't just agree with it blindly and wholeheartedly, use it as suggestions and be like, oh, well, my intuition tells me, or my background tells me, or my experience tells me that that's probably the right answer. So I'm gonna go with what it said. And if your intuition, whatever it says it's wrong, dive into it and see what and why your intuition may be right or wrong about it and maybe challenge it because it's a good idea for you to grow as well because you've just gotten a different signal that you may go oh it's telling me to do something different and i wasn't expecting that so why would i and then you you kind of unearth that oh maybe i was doing something not as productive or not correctly or not the best way in the past I see. So it seems that having control is key to this trust. Um, could you discuss how humans can, in fact, be more in control of these AI systems? Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I'll kind of dive into that question in a way that AI allows you to be in more control, right? So in a sense, when most organizations start using AI, they're looking to automate something. Let's say they're looking to, again, will go to like intrusion detection. So they're looking to automate the knowledge that a bot or something like a bot is trying to get into your network and trying to do things. So typically prior to those systems existing that are with AI in them that are built around AI, you would go and do all of the forensic analysis yourself. And generally you're not doing it all the time. So you're doing it when an intrusion happens. So it's after the fact and you're going, oh no. This happened, things are broken, let me get them back up. But at the same time, I need to figure out why this happened. So now you start figuring all that out and you just spent a long time to understand it and you could have been attacked all the time on that same exploit, let's say, while you're trying to figure it out. With automation using AI or really automation generally, you get more control because you gain time. You gain time to give attention to the thing. So now the AI is doing the forensic analysis in real time. It's actually trying to understand who the bots and who the users are. And it's only allowing those that it knows for sure. And it's maybe putting the bots completely in like jail. It's not letting them in, or it's putting them in like this queue for some human to go in. And it depends on the system and the use of the system. Maybe it's in a queue that says, it's probably a bot, but human, please take a look. And that happens often in things like moderation systems, you know, like if you think of, and everyone's kind of freaked out about like Facebook, Twitter and IG moderation, all that stuff, and even TikTok. But if you think about it, if they are to moderate, an AI is basically going to do 99% of just like, everything's okay, you know, this is not a problem. And then there's gonna be some percentage where it says, I'm flagging it because I think it's bad, but a human should probably take a look at this. So that's one way, it's giving people time. So automation, giving people time, allows them to have more control over the whole system, not just that AI system. Built into that is sort of a reduction in time to action. Like I was sort of painting with the, you can do it in real time and detect bots right now, rather than after the fact, where you may have lost some downtime and your systems may have been down, your application may have been down. Largely, what you don't want to do is have this idea of like set it and forget it. And just like, it's there, it's gonna do its thing you kind of want to watch it. You want to understand what it can be doing and understand how you can help fix it as it's moving through its daily operations. Again, by being in control, like you, when you don't really trust something, you generally want to start with a lot of control, right? So if you are new to AI and you're starting with, I'm not going to trust the system. I'm going to crank my control level up to like an 11. You could do that. It'll slow down both the system and you and productivity and everything. But as you gain a little bit of trust, you can crank that down. You know, you get it back down to a six, five, four, whatever. Eventually you can get to a place where, oh, I know this isn't completely magic or black box and I'm willing to give it some trust and autonomy and let it run. And I'm only going to verify weekly or monthly or whatever. So Mm -hmm. it's like having, let's say, another staff member that you're training and eventually you trust them to do the job without any oversight. And then the most powerful thing about humans being in control is actually being in control. So use an owner operator paradigm. Just like I said, have AI do suggestions for you and you then take the last step. So that's really the owner operator model. Pretend that AI is like your big truck that you're going to drive. You're the owner, you're going to operate it, but you're going to have to tune it. You're going to have to do little things. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, you're going to have to, you know, get in there and and help it along. So right. yeah, that sort of wraps up the humans and control stuff, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. So. There we have it, folks. A lot of reasons to not be that scared of AI. Like really, it can come off as a little bit of magic, especially when you haven't taken the time to understand it. But then again, so can just about anything that we don't really understand very well. And that's what we're here to help you guys understand or unearth is that gaining an understanding for these things and for all things data really puts you in a better situation and gives you a better foundation on which to make decisions. We'll see you next week where we'll talk about more things data. Have a great week.